here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. 011-482-1510. I've got Professor Kinta Berger, who's a registrar at the University of Johannesburg. Thank you so much, Prof, for making the time for, for, for talking to us this afternoon. What is your position this afternoon as a university? Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Um, what we've done now this morning is to just confirm again that our classes have been uh, suspended. Um, These are our contact classes because we have also online classes and so we will just now use our online platforms um, and other appropriate uh, measures to to still continue with our teaching and learning but not in the normal contact manner to um, uh, try also to to minimize the exposure. Um, And uh, that is now effective from this morning. We close for, for our autumn recess, recess on Friday, so it will give us then a little bit of time also over the recess just to, to implement further measures. Professor Berger, the, the, the big concern has been students who've been saying, well, what's your position on them staying within campus, staying within um, the, the, the necessary dorms? Are, yeah. you, are you vacating them? Have you asked them to leave or are you going to try and manage the situation from where they are? No, no, we're going to try and manage it. Uh, and, and of course, they will have the choice um, going home now over the recess. Many of them will go home. But we're definitely not going to force them out of the residence. Um, at this stage, we, we say to them, you can remain in residence. Because we also appreciate that it's very expensive going home. In some instances, they will not be able to go home. And um, also for our international students. So, no, we're going to allow them on campus. Of course, we're going to put measures in place to, to minimize, again, the exposure and um, also example in with regard to visitors that we will manage um, so we're going to do that we're going to even keep up open for now our library because we also want the students during this research period to continue with their academic activities in the sense that they can do revision of their work and so we're going to um, keep the library open as far as possible maybe you know not not 24 hours but uh, definitely we're going to try and and um, Keep, give them still that opportunity to stay on campus and continue. You've just spoken of your international students. Now, as a university, people trickle in at different times, at different semesters. The the country had an, made an announcement that the, some visas will be revoked. Mm. What's your position then with students who are meant to be coming in later on in the year? Well, we have, um, at the beginning of the year, we have our enrollment for first semester. And then we only have, again, a second semester um, registration for, for undergraduate students where they are, and, and those will be for continuing students that uh, come for just one or two modules that they still need to complete for their qualification. So those numbers are very small coming in, in, in the second semester. So the majority of our enrollments happen at the beginning of the year, and we've already closed our registrations a while ago. But, but, but. but. It's a number nonetheless. Small or not, it is a number nonetheless. What's your position on that one? Well, of course, we are hopeful that the situation uh, may have changed at that stage. But if there's risk for them to come in uh, for the second semester, we will need to follow whatever regulations are in place at that stage.
Really appreciate the time you've given us, Professor Kinta Berger, who's a UJ's registrar, just giving us an update on where they are, uh, their position on how they're going to treat the virus going forward. Classes will not be ongoing. It will be online classes as we speak, but students who are in residence are not required to leave. They're going to try and allow them to stay on and see how the situation unfolds. I will take your calls. 011-482-1510 is the new number that you're going to be dialing into this afternoon as we give you rolling coverage of COVID-19 in this, uh, in, at, at a very uncertain time. I've got also with me in our Durban studio, Pastor Joshua Maponga, who's a cultural activist and a writer as well. Pastor, thank you so much for, for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and uh, greetings to all your viewers out there and listeners. So it's a very precarious time. As somebody who leads communities in, in, a, in line of faith, how different is the situation is is going forward for you? How how are you going to manage? You know, faith is based mainly on the gathering of people. We've just been told that people shouldn't be gathered in in mass. How are you going to manage going forward? Firstly, we we are trapped as an African people, in always waiting to become uh, reactive rather than responsive and being proactive on these issues. I'm coming to you from a biblical perspective that all places of worship before you enter the temple in the Bible, people are supposed to wash their hands before they enter. So we already have a health system that Christianity, the Eurocentric Christianity, does not teach people to wash hands because now they are washed by the blood of Jesus. Secondly, we have the issue of burning incense in the places of worship. The Catholics and other churches still do it. Muslims and Hindus are quite upfront with that. 60 to 80, 90 percent, the doctors can call in. And challenge me on that, that actually bacterias and airborne bacterias die in the homes where Impepo Yashiswa. So in SABC, parliaments and everybody, she's an Impepo. So that for a start, at least we can cleanse the air and wash our hands. But we need to start recuperating and collecting information and methods that are indigenous, that our people have been using so far. It has been used only for cleansing in spiritual spaces. But I think now with the state of emergency, we cannot wait for air fresheners that are being imported from China. We can look at our own indigenous systems and say, how can those assist us to curb the problem and epidemic that is now in our hands? Okay, you were just saying now that the, the Eurocentric way has been teaching people not to wash hands. Did I hear you correctly? There's no church that I've seen that puts a dish of water at the door or run a tap to wash people's hands before they enter the churches. So back to basics. Every church must have a sanitizing facility at the entrance of the church. And above all, every church must burn incense. I know this sounds, for me as a minister right now of the gospel, to say this it creates a whole different plateau that we have been spitting at each other in churches where instead we must be fumigating those churches to reduce the airborne viruses and the bacteria that is in the air. We already have incense and are impep, yes, impep. So are, are you going to be encouraging your congregation to stay, uh, stay home? How are you going to manage the number of people I within the space? There are two ways of going about it. We already have an e-ministry that is running. People can be watching church from their homes. But for me right now, I run my ministry from the TV and from the cell phones and the Facebook and Twitters and etc. I can stop right now and run a church service without touching or spitting at anybody. The Easter is coming up. What's the plans going forward uh, with regards to the Easter? You know a lot of people you know, drop everything they have and they come and congregate. What's the messaging there? I've been telling people that this whole Easter business is actually nonsense. If we were doing proper Easter, it should have been a Passover, which is actually kept and taught in the Bible. But the new method of Easter, which is a drinking spree and people just meeting to celebrate pagan religion, totally becomes a hopeless case. We don't have a religion based on uh, events that people call along 
based on this Eurocentric model again. I don't find that to be of any importance. If Easter must be cancelled, so let it be cancelled. It does not change the price of bread in the African cultural context. Okay, so so what is then, um, let me give you a, a time and space to then pronounce on how you are going to be ministering, number one, going forward, and how you're going to be engaging with your congregation. With the pandemic that is now in our hands, I'm actually withdrawing myself from the building. I'm going to be working from the e-platforms, which are cell phones, WhatsApps, and Facebook uh, publications. So the whole thing of meeting in places, people gathering and collecting monies from each other, and they call that a religion. For me, that's actually, we've been insulted. And I'm happy, not happy as such, but happy in a, in a, in a wicked way where we have been putting too much faith in buildings rather than faith in people having personal relationships with their own creator. And this pandemic that has come now that restricts people from meeting, I want to see how many of us are going to remain Christians without going to the building. All right, uh, Pastor Joshua Maponga, if you want to engage him, please give us a call on 011-482-1510. You've heard he's got very strong views on how we've been doing things and going forward, how things should be changing. Let me go quickly to Dr. Mbili, who's a neurosurgeon in Bulugwani. Good afternoon. Hi, Timel. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling. Sure, sure. Look, um, obviously, like everybody else, I've been listening to all the stuff that's being said and being a medical professional, I've got a bit of an inside track as well. Sure, go so ahead. I just want to say two things. One, to, to the general public, uh, there are a couple of things that people need to know. And the first that I'm going to say isn't really my original thought. I saw it on Twitter. But you know, everybody's worried about contracting the virus themselves. And, and if you're really worried about contracting the virus, uh, this thought was, well, then conduct yourself in a manner as if you already have it, right? So, so if you have it, you're going to be careful about how you sneeze, careful about how you cough. Careful about how you shake hands. You're not going to go out as often as you perhaps would. Um, and you're not going to do all the things that we've already been told not to do. But it's easier to get that into our heads if you consider yourself as somebody who already has a virus. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, explain, elaborate a little bit on how you want sure. people to go. Yes, go ahead. So, 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 so the first thing is, I mean, you know, we hear a lot of this social distancing. Yes. Right? Uh, and the fact of the matter is that human beings are social creatures. And, and, and it requires uh, direct and, you know, active thoughts in your mind to avoid contact with people. And, that, and that's very difficult to do, you know, unless you have a conscious thought about it. So, so what this person was trying to say is, well, one way to sort of inculcate that thought in our heads is to say, well, imagine you already have yeah. this coronavirus. Then you're not going to go out and shake everybody's hands, Right. So, so let, me, wanna... let me ask you this. I mean, I like yeah. the fact that you're a medical professional, right? Yeah. And I was tempted. I just didn't have time. I wanted to ask my colleague there who is going to be at the press conference there that's been held by IDC, uh, by Nedlec at IDC offices. So they've, they've, they've called a gathering of people, specialists, a gathering of stakeholders. I imagine the number of people in the room are going to exceed, for instance, 50, Right. And these are people who are saying we are concerned about the virus. Yesterday, there was a pronouncement on how we should behave. But in every single one of these gatherings I've seen, even this morning with the ministers, the proximity was very close. Did you see that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the second part is in the messaging we give as government and as health practitioners, we've got to be consistent. Yes. And we've got to be honest. And so, so like I said to you, I'm a neurosurgeon, which means I actually... And the last person you want to speak to directly <laughs> to ask specific questions about the virus. But mm-hmm. as a healthcare practitioner, I can tell anybody who asks me, because you know, it's the usual thing, hey, you're a doc, you'll know about this. Uh, my, my message is consistent. Number one, the facts are as follows. 
we wash our hands, when we've got access to water, that's another conversation. Yes. But if we wash our hands, if we keep social distancing, and if we're careful about our coughing and sneezing behavior, you should be okay. Even if you contract the virus, the numbers suggest that unless you're in the high-risk population, yes. which have already been uh, outlined, yes. you're probably going to be an asymptomatic carrier. But yeah. if you become symptomatic, you're still probably going to be okay. Mm. No. And, 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 th- and that, that sort of messaging that needs to come out consistently in our talking and our actions is going to help allay a lot of the, the fears that people have. Uh, you, you're spot on because you're absolutely right. What I want to know, for instance, is how am I going to boost my immune system? Because the chances of you dying from the disease, even if you get the virus, are very slim, correct? Yes, correct. So, so what, you, what, what you can do um, is, is uh, and unfortunately... You know, like with many other things, staying healthy comes at a cost, financial cost. Mm. But multivitamin supplementation, um, correct diet, uh, and unfortunately, at this time of year, people are going to get the flu, the regular flu, yeah. right? And so, but, but a regular flu doesn't mean you've got the coronavirus. Yeah. And so even when you do pick up that uh, flu, there's certain things that your healthcare worker, you know, can help you work through to sort that out. But in terms of boosting your immune system, yeah, healthy diet, keeping fit. Uh, and multivitamin supplementation. Very sober, cold there. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Mbili, who is a neurosurgeon. Thank you. Uh, In Pulukwani, just reminding us that, listen, yes, many of us may contract the virus. Many of us may. It's, it's not a death sentence, right? So if we look after our immune system, the chances are that you'll, be, you'll live through it. And that's the messaging he's saying he's not hearing enough of. And that's, that's an interesting take, and I think it's quite a sobering thought there. I will take your calls. I see all of you who are calling through, and I will still go back to uh, Pastor Joshua Maponga, who is on the line with us from uh, Durban Studios, and uh, will continue taking your thoughts on what you think and what do you, what do you make of his pronouncements of how, how he thinks we need to start uh, looking at faith going forward. All right, 011-482-1510 is the number to dial. I know it's a new number, so I'll give it to you again. 011-482-1510. The another number to dial in if, if you're having trouble with that one is 011-482-9216. 011-482-9216. I've got Flora, who is calling us from Brixton. Good afternoon, Flora. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Thanks for calling. I think your program is incredibly enlightening and very helpful. Thanks, I had to spend the morning at Helen Joseph today, uh-huh. and the service is excellent, and maybe the toilets had uh, soap and water at the beginning of the day, but when I used them, there was no soap and there was no toilet paper. Oi. And that's in the hospital. So but the thing is that the, the, the sister did come around and tell everybody, please, if someone's coughing, let us know, etc. But I really think they should check on the toilets first. When, when you arrive, Flora, because, you know, now yesterday the president was saying we will have more access to sanitizers and stuff, whether it's water or sanitizer, at public spaces. Did you get that? Apart, no, from, no apart, from, apart from the toilet itself? No, no sanitizers, nothing. Nothing. I actually expected the place to be closed. Sure. Anyway, so, you know, you feel... I'm, not, I'm, not, yes. I'm not pointing fingers, but I do yeah. think that's the basic thing in a hospital is to have soap in the toilet. No, I mean, I, I fully hear what you're saying. And, and look, there are a lot of germs around in a hospital. That's exactly. the truth. That's the truth. Exactly. And there are lots of little kids around. Oy. Anyway, I'm at home. And in two weeks' time, if I feel sick, I'll go to the doctor. Are you planning to stay home and not leave the house? Because you've no, just, no, you've I'm just said two weeks' time. I'm, I'm one of these very healthy people. I think I've had flu once in my life. Godspeed, Laura. Thank you so much for calling. Thank it's, you. 
All right, today, Flora, they're saying, well, she's been to the hospital and no, there was no sanitizer or or water. No, she says no toilet paper or soap. That's a concern. All right, I'll take those calls on 011-482-1510. Let's go to Utsile Saku now for the very latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utsile. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 105 FM in Mokobane. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is our rolling coverage on COVID-19 here on SAFM. And even after myself, Mas Chabamdola will continue this conversation. At around 5 o'clock, she will be taking a live press conference from NEDLAC. NEDLAC has called a live press conference where government institutions will be there. Uh, all the relevant ministers, apparently the finance minister will be there and is already there already. Uh, Labour is also represented. So it's going to be a very important conversation around how all of us are going to manage COVID-19, particularly from the economy's point of view, it's a major, major concern. How secure are our jobs? Uh, and you know, a lot of the people in this country, if they don't work, they don't get paid. How are we going to manage all of that? We know that there are so many industries that are dependent on the entertainment industry, on the sports industries, which essentially have been shut down along with other industries. So the tourism industry is going to come to a, a, quite a, a halt, if, if you know what I mean, because of the restrictions, travel restrictions that we know. So lots of concerns coming through and those questions hopefully will be answered this afternoon. If you have questions yourself or concerns or you just want to vent, you've got the number 011-482-1510 or 011-482-9216. I've got Erica who's calling us from Peter Marysburg. Thank you so much for calling, Erica. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I was listening this morning to the heroic efforts of rescuing all those people in Wuhan and and the chief pilot, and it was very inspiring. Um, And my question is, the South African Defence Force um, for many years already has deployed uh, members of of, uh, the Defence Force in Congo, in the DRC. Yes. And... um, my son-in-law is a pilot, and he's currently in the DRC doing his deployment for a month. He's okay. due to come back beginning of April. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, what is the plan of the South African Defence Force of looking after the guys that are deployed in DRC? Um, are they going to keep them there? Are they going to bring them back? Because I believe they probably needed more here than there. I don't know. Um, I know that they are on deployment with the UN, so it would be interesting to hear from the UN to see what you know what what their plans are. So, so yeah, that what, is my concern. Are, are you in touch with America? With uh, your son? Yes, yes, we do. We do have um, WhatsApp contact. Yes. So, I mean, what 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 are their sentiments where they are now? Do, do they long to come home and serve here? Is is that kind of the sentiment? Um, no, well, the, the sentiment is basically they have to do what they get told to do, and on, and they are deployed yeah. with the UN. So it's just sort of an uncertainty of of wondering what what the what the plan is. Um, currently, they're sort of waiting it out and seeing are there going to be cases. I think there has been one I read in the newspaper or heard on the news somewhere amongst all this information that there has been a case in the Congo now. Um, and so where to now? Are the guys going to stay there and deal with the situation there or are they going to actually bring them home? 
Um, so yeah, times. I don't know if there's yep. anybody out there that can shed some light yep. on this. It's, it's uncertain <laughs> times, Erica, but it's an it important is. question. Thank you so much for calling, yes. Erica. Thank you for Peter taking Marisburg. my call. Absolute Thank pleasure. You. Let me just quickly wrap it up with Pastor Joshua Maponga, who is in our Durban studio so that we can release him. Uh, Pastor your last comments, your parting shots to specifically the congregation that does follow you, that, that is going to be listening to you at this point, at this very uncertain time. Very uncertain time indeed. Burn in paper as much as you can. Keep yourself safe if you're entering a public place. I know this unpopular. A little bit of Vicks and a little bit of uh, snuff will help to activate your nasal tract so that you can sneeze and get the bacteria out. Eat well, kata, lawakata yo, futa, mau futa, palaza, mau palaza. Let's also use our own indigenous methods of keeping our immune strong. Let's not just wait for the pharmaceuticals and the hospitals to be giving us solutions on how to deal with our problems. Let's look back to the past. We can find solutions for the present and move to the future with confidence. It's not all in white medication. We can also combine a little bit of what we know in the past to deal with the epidemic at hand. All right, that's Pastor Joshua Maponga, who's a minister at the Seventh-day Adventist Church and Independent Ministries there. Just uh, his word and how he sees the COVID-19 virus, uh, how he thinks it needs to be dealt with. You heard him. Your comments on that, 011-482-1510. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 107 FM Thank you so much for staying with us. This is SAFM and my name is Pimelo Modena on Life Happens. It's a very different program this afternoon as we give you the rolling coverage of COVID-19. It's a disaster state. The president made that pronouncement yesterday. At about 5 o'clock, we will be crossing live to a live press conference that has been held by NEDLAC. Uh, my colleague will bring that live to you, Mdolo, and we also have our SABC reporter out there as well Mbungeni Muta who will give us the very latest so we'll keep touching base with him but really essentially today is a day where we're going to try and give you as much information as possible keep you posted on everything that you need and we also take your calls and questions so that we can follow up on the some of the concerns that you have we've had a question around what's going to happen to our deployed cadres out there in other parts of the world we'll have to answer that question we're also asking somebody asked the question what's going to happen to other ports of entry except for the airport so he's saying he's a truck driver comes in and out of Swaziland Lesotho and so on and nobody tests him he's concerned about his health and other people's health as well 011-482-1510 is the number to dial now I have also asked Contralesa Congress of the Traditional Leaders of South Africa to join us and state their position on the situation at hand Khosi Matopa Mukwena joins us now who's the president of Contralesa good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Jose. Thanks, Pamela. Thanks for having me, Mili. It's It's a difficult time, difficult times ahead, I can imagine. Your position as Contralesa? Yo, yeah. In fact, it's so scary. But as Contralesa, we as well want to welcome uh, the announcement by our government uh, through the president. Want to also say, uh, as the custodian of culture and uh, tradition, want to call upon all uh, cultural groups, traditional leaders, traditional healers. In performing whatever rituals, please, 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 let's uh, use uh, all precautionary measures so that uh, we stay safe. We're aware that uh, this is very critical time, and there's no time to do whatever. Hence, we called upon 
all political parties inside and outside parliament, let's put our difference uh, aside and focus on this uh, pandemic that might wipe our South Africans. We are saying, please, let's join hands and work together and deal with this scourge. That is so scary to all South Africans. How are you communicating with your members, traditional leaders, traditional um, leaders, I'm sure also on the ground are traditional healers. How are you messaging what it is that needs to be done? Good question, ma'am. In fact, already we've already issued a directive uh, to all our provinces and all our regions and branches that uh, let them use whatever platform that they can get. It's either during funerals, wedding, or imbizo, or whatever, to spread the gospel, spread the message. Because this, it's, uh, it, it needs all of us to send uh, the same and positive message to all South Africans. Hence, we pleaded with our government that uh, if they can, let them use, um, spread the pamphlets and everything else through all languages where our people can understand. Because there are those who are so ignorant. But if we made this noise, and we are so happy as contractors that uh, um, media houses like SFM, you are doing your best, and we are so proud of you. Because really, um, we are so educative, and people are listening to this uh, radio station in large numbers. As Contralesa was saying, bravo, continue doing that. And we hope all other stations will follow suit. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't put ignorance at the center of this because none of us know you know nobody knows and and so i'm i'm also worried about what communication you send out to your healers there are all kinds of ways of healing we just spoke to a pastor now who says you know palaza all of that stuff he, he says well do what you know you need to do are you concerned about some of the methods of healing we are concerned Pamelo, because for example uh, there are some of our traditional healers who are, whatever what they do in performing their rituals, they'll slaughter chickens and slaughter goats and so on. And in that process, you'll never know whether they are using precautionary measures. Hence, we're so worried. We spread all messages to say, we, we even send branches to say, yeah, go to those churches, go to those traditional healers, go to those prophets and whatever. Just plead with them to say, please, for the sake of all of us, uh, let's try to avoid um, doing anything uh, carelessly. Okay. Uh, I, and I know, it's not, as, as you said, uh, all of us, it caught us by surprise. But what can we do? We have to soldier on and, um, yeah, and run with it uh, as much as we can. All right. Thank you so, so very much for making the time to talk to us. Is there a point of, of, of where people can touch base with you, specifically, you know, traditional healers, healers and so on, where they can verify some of the methods? Is there is there a number? Where would they be able to access your information? We're available, my dear. And, uh, for example, uh, we our office is contactable uh, at 0833 if they need any information as far as the traditional leadership, Contralesa, and all the cultural uh, activities are concerned, we can assist them uh, through this number, my dear. Hoshi Matopa Mukwena, president of Contralesa, that is the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South Africa. They're just giving his, his take. And there is a lot of concern, as you can hear from his voice there. So if you are uncertain about anything, the number is 033 Okay, the numbers to dial for yourself is 011-482-1510. Now, we've got a breaking news story also coming out of PSL. Now, the news is, and the latest is, all PSL games for tomorrow and the weekend 
are suspended. We'll get the very latest there from Utsile Saku at the top of the hour, but I just wanted to give you what is now breaking as we speak. All PSL games for tomorrow and the weekend are currently suspended. Going to your lines now, 011-482-1510. I also have Sia Beniza, who's a political economist and director at PESA, Political Economy South Africa, joining us on the line. Sia, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Pamela. Thanks for having me. It's 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 uncertain times. I just wonder. I wonder what political message do you think needs to be reigning supreme at this time? Well, yeah, no, uh, it's a very very difficult one. I think um, a lot of uh, our preparation, I think, uh, from the past in terms of how we dealt with previous pandemics such as Ebola, etc., have put us at some level of preparedness, but I am still concerned that there still is a lot more that the state needs to do in order to adequately deal with the crisis moving forward. And and give us examples of what you think needs to be done. Um, look, I think the general preparedness of hospitals to deal with the influx of people, even just testing themselves, trying to find out, and also those who are obviously infected. But I think above and beyond this, uh, and if you look at the experience of other parts of the world that are dealing with the crisis, um, the, the crisis of the coronavirus, apart from itself, has created another crisis in public health care systems in terms of uh, hospitals not being able to deal with general patients with other types of illnesses, you know, outside of the coronavirus, you know, people with chronic illnesses and other illnesses that, that need to be tended are now sort of being deprioritized in a way in order to deal with the, the massive influx of corona uh, patients and given the sensitivity and the quarantining or isolation requirements, this has made it difficult, obviously, to extend the very limited healthcare professionals to deal with other uh, healthcare demands. So I think already South Africa being a stressed healthcare system, um, I'm not. I'm very concerned mm. in terms of our preparedness or our ability to deal with this, and also given the fact that there, there's also the economic impact, yeah. um, which adds and makes matters worse. I mean, say so you're touching on a very important point because there is also the issue of an immune system that is weak. Because we know we're a country with people living with HIV, for instance, and TB, and so on. So that immune system, if it's not healthy, we run a higher risk of this kind of uh, virus affecting us in a massive way. Definitely, and I think already the difficult living conditions that a lot of the black poor population are living in in townships, etc., is obviously exposing people to much more um, challenges or much more risk in terms of the spread of the virus. Uh, But also the, you know, the aftermath of the economic impact and people not being able to even afford, you know, basic nutrition is going to be another additional impact. Uh, and let alone sort of the macro impact on the economy that the virus is, is already having or that we're already seeing, uh, but also that is going to happen in terms of the additional phases as the virus plays out. Really, thank you so much for your take, Sia Beniza, who is a political economist and director at Political Economy South Africa. That is P-E-S-A. PESA is how you spell that name of the company that he's a director at. Thank you so much for your take, just giving us his take on how we should, as a country, be looking at this, both from a political point of view and really essentially how the healthcare system should be starting to look at this uh, COVID-19 that we're faced with right now.